episode of Glitch Free Gaming. It's episode number 219. Hooray! Yay. Hey. Thank God you said that. I thought it was just going to be me podcasting. <laughs> it's only you. <laughs> well, mind you, we've always threatened, or Kieran has always threatened. So there was the one time where we did a podcast, but recording and the only thing that recorded was myself and as these awkward silences then i'm answering somebody that's non-existent and kieran's always threatened to put it up <laughs> i don't have it anymore i really wish i still oh, had yeah. that audio i've changed computers since then i've not backed up because that would have been cool we could we could have kept it and then just put other stuff in there yeah yes <laughs> I, I change do the questions to, and things i mean we record all of our audio on separate channels so we could just start another couple of feeds that are like the garfield without garfield comics but it's clutch free gaming without mike clutch free gaming without kieran <laughs> clutch free gaming without paul is most weeks so we couldn't really do that one <laughs> although this week we can actually do glitch free gaming with ben ben is actually joining us on the podcast this week ben how you doing I'm good, I'm good. How are yourselves? Yeah, we're same as always, same as always. So, uh, yeah, welcome to Glitchy Gaming. If you've just downloaded the podcast, you're new. Uh, we are. We try to be a weekly podcast. Uh, most weeks we are, and then some it's weeks we're not. It's been bi-weekly recently. Or, uh, <laughs> yeah, it has. Yeah, yeah. Fortnightly. Yeah, because uh, one, because real life gets in the way and you don't get paid to do this. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, we haven't found anyone crazy enough to actually want to pay us to listen to us talk nonsense every week. So yes, we are a weekly or bi-weekly. We're an occasional podcast, <laughs> as often as we can be. Yes, and yeah. we talk about all sorts of gaming, video gaming, board gaming, and not just pc or console mobile you name it we talk about it so let's do that let's talk about some games uh kieran why don't you start us off and tell us all about a game that i'm going to buy as soon as we finish recording today baba Zhu. <laughs> all right baba Zhu came out literally like the day before this recording so uh i've not played a massive amount of it but right it's a puzzle game where you play as well, primarily play as a little rabbit thing called Baba. And yep. it has this really like simplistic kind of old school looking art style that's really nice. And the way it works is it's a you know, relatively light puzzle game, but does some really smart things with its mechanics where each of the puzzles are contained to kind of like single screens and all of the rules for that screen are on screen and are interactable objects. So the main one that pretty much everyone has is Baba is you, which just means that anything that's connected to the you, you control. So Baba is you, so you control the little rabbit. Then there'll be things like wall is stop. And that just means that you can't walk through walls because the wall is stop. It makes you stop. And you can move these rules around so you could change it so instead of being wall is stop, you remove the stop part of it and then you can walk through walls because the wall doesn't have that rule anymore. And every stage has a win block somewhere in it that you want to connect up if it's not already connected up to one of the other things on the, the level. 
and use that to win. So for example, most of the first few levels, the tutorial ones, have uh, flag is win somewhere. Sometimes in positions that you can't physically move it, so it just means that is the goal. You have to collect the flag and you win. And the puzzle becomes more about getting towards the flag. So the flag might be, again, in a room surrounded by walls. And it says wall is stop. So you move it out of the way to say, I can walk through walls now so I can get to the flag and then I win. And the way it uses these mechanics as you go through the game is just very, very smart. And it gets complicated. Never kind of complicated in terms of the rules part of it. Like it's never... You're never thinking, oh, I need to chain together all this different stuff to make like a program. It's all very much like, I know that I have these things, but I don't know how to use them to get to the position I need to get to to win. And it's just really good. I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, cool. I'm trying to think of like a couple of good examples of levels that i've thought were really smart early on to kind of show um the one i was describing to you before the uh before the podcast is there's a level relatively early on where it introduces the idea of defeat so basically one of the rules that you can have is defeat and so it'll say skull is defeat so any of the skulls on the level if you touch them you get defeated and you'd lose the level that they kind of introduce this on has a big kind of wall that separates off a lot of the level and one of the first things you have to do is you turn off the kind of wall as stop rule so you can walk through walls so you can get to the rest of the level but you still can't get to the flag to win because there's skulls blocking it and they'll they'll kill you if you touch them but the wall (laughs) already goes through them and so if you move the wall rule over to the bit that says baba is you and replace Baba with Wall, then you control walls instead of Baba. And so you just walk around as the walls the same way as you did before as the little rabbit thing, and you just walk up to the flag because you're already on the other side of the skulls because you're everywhere because you're walls. And there's lots of smart little things like that. Or one of my favorite things that it's done so far has actually just been a kind of like, it feels like a level that is solely put there to remind you that all of the rules of the level are on the level and you need to read them to pay attention and get stuff you know sorted because there's a level that starts with you in again a room which is you know you're surrounded by walls and there's no rules inside there that you can interact with so there's nothing there's no way for you to get out and so you take like a second and look at the rules that are outside the walls and you realize that none of them say wall is stop and so you just walk out because the walls <laughs> are right. in walls they're just they're just background basically <laughs> and it's such a smart little thing that is basically just there to hammer home like read read the rules <laughs> the rules are on screen yeah. there's not many of them um, oh, it's really smart I, I'm really liking it so far uh, there seems like a lot of levels in it I'm on like the it's split into kind of these little worlds and a kind of like Mario style kind of overworld that you go from level to level, and I'm on like the second world, and it's getting a bit more complicated now. Each world has kind of one or two kind of more complicated levels in it as well, and right. usually they're iterations on levels you've just finished. So, for example, there's one. 
uh, where there's uh, one of the first ones I, I found was there's an area that has a river going through the middle of it, blocking the flag that's on the other side and the rule that says flag is one. So you need to get the flag to win, or at least change that rule, but that rule is next to the flag anyway, so you need to get over there no matter what. Uh, and then there's two stones there that you can push because it says stone is push, and you can push them into the water, and if it says, if there's a rule that says like water is sink, it means that the stone will sink when it touches the water, but also gets rid of the water, so you can use it basically to build a bridge to get across. Then you go to the harder version of it. A harder version of it, the stones have a rule connected to them that say stone is float. And right. that, do that doesn't just mean they float in water, it means they are floating in the air. So <laughs> you can't push them because you can't touch them because they're floating above you. And even if you could, you, you can you can push them over the water or to block the water because they're floating above it. And so you've got to be a bit smarter about it to manage to get that stuff uh, kind of moved around into the position you need to be. And there's a third iteration on that where it says, which was the first version of this that I had seen had this kind of rule. Because basically there are little blocks. I don't know what the actual if there's actual in-game terminology for it because there's not a lot of like written tutorials. It's all just kind of levels that build up. So I kind of have been referring to these as rules, like the kind of little... Basically, they're little squares that have, you know, single words on them. Everything is single words. So it just says, like, win or you or stop or something like that. Like, they, they're basically the rules. And then you have kind of objects that are, you know, the same thing, but they connect to the rules. So you have, like, stone or wall or flag or ball, uh, baba or ball or something like that. And the, the one that I hadn't seen up until this point is... Uh, an object that was text which was the actual rules themselves and the physical manif manifestation of them in the game right so you can apply rules to the objects that represent the rules so you can make all the rules float or you can make you could say uh text is you and then you control all of the text that's on screen and move it around at the same time <laughs> It's really good. It's nice. just really, it's really silly and it's really good, um, and it's the it's got this kind of nice little like, it, it feels like it's got a decent sense of humor about itself. Like some of the levels position things in such a way that it's obvious that they they know that you can do kind of silly things with the way these things are laid out, which is right. really good. Um, like there's a bonus level that is just called poem, and you go in and it has. Uh, I'm trying to actually find it now so I can read it verbatim. Um, but it has basically a row of uh, rules and items uh, kind of line by line, blocked off by walls either side, so you can't really move them. They're just there. They say, like, rose, rose is red, violet is blue, flag <laughs> is win, baba is you. And then you have to move those things around to then be able to win which is just a nice little kind of touch to it <laughs> i think um oh yeah i've got it here yeah it says uh it says yeah rose is red violet is blue flag is win baba is you and one of the first things you basically need to do because it's the only thing you can do is push 
the row of objects down, so it pushes everything down a line, so instead it's rose is blue, violet is win, and flag is you. And so you're controlling the little flag in the corner instead of Baba. And all of the flowers on the level change colour to match what it says. And it's it's nice. I really recommend it. It's only like, I think it's £11 or £12. Um, right. Uh, 10% of that goes to charity. Um, oh, okay. Which is pretty good. Uh, I don't know specifically what charity says in the, the intro of the game, but I didn't look up what the charity does. I presume it does good things. It's probably not an evil charity. No, no, it would be like, you know, teach a, a street urchin to drown a cat or something. I don't think it'll be anything <laughs> you know, like Yeah, that. you know, important charities like that. <laughs> no. Is that on Switch? Yeah, it's on Switch. I believe it's also on PC as well. Um, I don't think it's on any other consoles at the moment. But uh, I would assume it would at least come to them eventually. Uh, I believe if you buy on PC, the way that the Humble Bundle stuff works is that um, the developers get like slightly more of a cut. So I think the 10% that goes to charity, the devs would also basically get that back to some degree. So it might be, if you care about that kind of thing, that might be the place to get it. I bought it on Switch because I want to be able to play it portably and I like having puzzle games on the go. Um, yeah, this is going to be... I don't know if I'm smart enough to like finish all the levels in it because it's already getting pretty hard. But right, I'm going to try because I'm enjoying this a lot. Um, and it's definitely one of those games where I think it's a, a sign of any good puzzle game is when you finish a level and you're like, either you feel really smart for doing it or you're just like, oh, of course. That makes sense. Well, yeah. Like I should have. I should, either you feel really smart, or you feel like I should have saw that right away. That that makes sense. That's that's how you do it. Um, yeah. Cool. Also, I want to see if people make, uh, if people manage to find like really weird ways to finish some of the levels or something. Like if they manage to move the rules around in some specific way to do something really weird, because I imagine it must be possible in at least some of the levels. Um, right. Like it's not. You know, again, it's not a programming game, so it's not. It, it's too simple to be able to, you know, do a lot of crazy things. But I bet there's probably at least one or two things you can kind of move around in a way the developers didn't really think of and do something silly. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's Baba's You. I highly recommend it. It's like twelve pounds or something. It's on Switch. It's on PC. It's probably coming to other stuff i think but i i believe it. it is yeah yeah i would I, there's no reason why it wouldn't it's the it's the takeaway from it really um yeah cool. uh yeah uh and i'm just going to be real selfish here and ask ben to tell me about the game that i want to hear about because i really need to know about dart 2.0 or dart rally 2.0 yeah um... i need i need to know ben <laughs> It's it's a fantastic game, but I'm terrible at it. That's how I felt about the first one. It's yeah. a fantastic game, and Ben's terrible at it. <laughs> See, <laughs> the first one, well, the first one, Dirt 1.0, because it's not really the first one, because it's their continuation of the Colin McRae franchise, really. Yeah. Um, but I, I can't even remember if I played Dirt 1.0, because it uh, was that long ago now. I. Dirt 1.0, yes. I or did. I don't actually... 
Are you talking about the PS4 version or are you talking about the the original? So, like, the original version. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, I know I played it. I don't think you did actually. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. I can't. I can't even remember. So, yeah. Is it like 2012, maybe. <laughs> Need to look that up. Uh, how 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 long ago the first one came out? Right. But, yeah. The second one. The second one is brilliant it looks great sounds great feels great and it's what you would expect from a codemasters rally game but it is brutal as well yeah as as long as you keep your car on the road it's fine but keeping the car on the road is is the tricky part yeah it's the first it's the the first racing game yeah it's the first racing game that I've played on console that I thought I really wish I had a steering wheel. Yeah, I kind of felt that way about the first one as well. Like I very nearly bought a steering wheel for that first one. Yeah, I used I used to have a, a steering wheel back on my like PlayStation One, but I've I've not had one for a long time. So, um, I don't know. I like I probably don't play rally games an awful lot. Mm-hmm. I prefer more you know circuit racing. Type type simulator racing games, but yeah, I can't I can't complain at at Dirt Two. It's it's very very good, very well polished game. Is the main kind of mode still like a big kind of career thing where you are dealing with things like um, time management, like not just in race time management, but kind of like. I damaged my car, so I need to spend the time to, you know, get my car repaired, and so it will cut out the amount of time I could be using to practice this track before I have to go into the race. That kind of stuff. Yeah, ex- exactly that. There's um, the main hub for the game is like your your team. It's not your career or your franchise anything. It's your team. Yeah, so you yeah I think it was the things like one. you can hire. Uh, different mechanics and stuff and you can add, add like paid for your uh what's it called the code code driver to go on training and stuff like this mm-hmm. so that they give you bonuses uh your extra mechanics so it'll save you time when you do need to make those repairs in between stages and then um, like you you get you get so much time and if you go over that it then makes a penalty on your actual race time and stuff just just as it is i think in in real life mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the the whole thing is is done through this team hub, and you can buy different cars. And if you if you put a car into a championship, then that car is tied up with that. You can't use it in any of the other, you know, daily events or anything like that until you yeah. finish that championship, or you have to go and buy another car that you can use instead. Uh, the selection of cars is very good. Um, we got hold of the the day one edition, so it came with a few uh, bonus cars. I'm trying to remember exactly which ones it was. Now we definitely got the the Alpine, the the classic rally yeah, car. Yeah. Uh, I think the Citroen was the Citroen one of the ones that came. Um, there was there was a they had a problem with their servers on the first couple of days after the game launched. And they, as as a reward, gave everybody like ten million credits. So I went out and bought a bunch of cars, and I can't remember which ones came. Which ones you started with? Which ones I bought? 
Um, but yeah, so you've got this team hub. You can go through your garage. You can buy you can buy um, second-hand cars, which is quite cool. So they've already got some mileage on them. You might need to repair them as well before you use them. That's pretty cool. But you obviously get them a little bit cheaper. Yeah. Uh, no, I think it was a, a Porsche. There was a Porsche in the in the day one edition. And a Fiat in the Alpine. And uh, you always, I think you always start with the Lancia as well as the default car. Right. Um, which, you know, I find fine driving around in the, the Lancia. You know, it's like the base, the lowest car tier. I kind of get around okay, uh, and that's so. I, yeah, I think I definitely bought the Citroen because it's the like the top tier, and I've just got no hope in that thing. It's just, it's just too fast to to handle, sensibly. That's definitely always the catch with those kind of, especially simulation racing games, where it's like, you might think, oh well, I want the fast car, I want the best car, and then you realize, oh no, this game's more about skill than anything else. So, yeah, if I just if I just jump to the end game car. It's like jumping to the last level in like you know a Dark Souls game. You know, it's like jumping to the last area and being like, "Well, I can't <laughs> do this yet. I've not actually built myself up to this yet." Yeah, but I mean, it is just pure ability, though. It's not yeah. like you need to level up a level yeah, up the driver yeah, yeah. or anything. It's that you can't handle it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, the only the only thing I had negative to say about the game was the fact that it came. The minute it launched, there was a DLC available for it at thirty pounds for the DLC. That's quite. A lot. I was going. To say, I was about and, to say like uh, everything comes with DLC now. That's fine, but that's, yeah, yeah. But this is like a, quite a lot. I'm yeah. sure it's a thirty pound pack of DLC. Uh, in fact, let me just bring up the the store to see what it is. And I think it's basically just one extra set of one new vet like uh, location. For rallying and I think maybe a couple of cars. It's uh, weird. So it's not even just like a, a pass or something that's gonna have more later. Yeah, no. So, so there's there's like a deluxe version of the game that you can buy with this stuff in it already. Uh, but this is the deluxe content pack, and it comes with the uh, Porsche 911. The five early vehicle unlocks added to your garage so it's not even new cars it's just you get to unlock them okay um yeah what did it also includes dirt season one three tracks five cars in-game bonuses high reward events dirt season two three tracks five cars in-game bonuses so that stuff will unlock later on yeah so is that it's basically it's a season pass But some of it also sounds like it's kind of like just unlocks that you would get anyway, but earlier. Yeah. yeah. Which is a bit odd. I mean, it's, yeah. again, also not the least common thing in the world. Like, lots of no. games do that these days as well. For better or for worse. Yeah, I mean, certainly on, on the Xbox store, the game is £55 to begin with. Hmm. And yeah, well, it's seventy five for that deluxe version with the with the game and that extra content in it. So you know, it is it's quite a hefty price tag right now. But I'd still probably recommend the game if you're if you're into rallying games, and if you don't get easily frustrated. <laughs> yes, 
patience is definitely required for that kind of game. Absolutely, and concentration. Um, yeah. I was I was playing it when when you guys jumped onto Discord and you started talking to me, and I just ignored you until I finished the the race <laughs> I was on because there was no chance I could respond and listen to the co-driver and finish the race without going off the road. Yeah. Yeah, I was find that it was going way slower than I probably could have in Dart Rally, the first one, because I, my focus was always just stay on the road. <laughs> just don't <laughs> don't spin off, yeah. don't crash. And it's like I was driving around for the first few tracks like a fucking old man like commuting somewhere. <laughs> like I need to I need to follow the the rules of the road. There's a speed limit. Don't spin off. Don't don't flip my car. I think I got an achievement for flipping the car and finishing a race. That's pretty good. Yeah, that was like the first achievement I got. <laughs> but yeah, um, Mike. Yes. Is, you've been playing Horizon Chase Turbo. Again, non-stop. Always. Always. All, all Horizon Chase all the time. so yeah i have i am now for a game that i i think goes for between 12 and 15 pounds i think it is i can't remember the exact price at the Uh, moment i can check but yeah you do that it's about 15 or so i think yeah so for a game that goes for that i am now i think i'm reaching close to 20 hours that i've put in the game I eventually finished what they call the world. Uh, I think it's the world tour, mm. or it it is. It's going around the world tour, and I eventually beat that mode of the game. And what it does, what your reward for doing that is, is you get more content. Yay! <laughs> it's seventeen ninety nine. Also, it's a little bit more. Seventeen. Right. Okay. Uh, still, it is. It seems worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you get the 12 in the World Tour, you get the 12 locations. Each location has at least three uh, destinations that you can go to. Uh, two of them will have three races. One of them will have two. And then on top of that, there's an upgrade race that unlocks as well in each of those locations. So shitloads of tracks. And each each of the locations now that I've played them all tend to focus on a certain aspect. Uh, so, you know, D- Dubai is all about speed because the roads are rather straight and they're quite wide as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so it's all about that. Then you've got uh, Japan that seems to be, uh, everything is quite close, you know, or the, the cars tend to rubber band and it's all about the tight turns and things. Everything has got, every place has got this little trick and not trick, but kind of a, a running theme throughout the track. So you can kind of get used to a style of racing or pick a different car that's going to see you through that location. But once you've defeated the world tour, you unlock something called endurance. So what endurance mode is, is the first, time you unlock it you get the short races so you get 12 races picked at random so it could be any one of all the tracks that you've unlocked and 
there's 12 races, so you don't know one you get in which order. Every time that you clear a race, you get an upgrade. So the, the cars start out, start out, sorry, bog standard. And after every race, you get one of 12 upgrades. You can pick which one you want. The trick about it is is that you need to finish at least in fifth position or better. If you don't, that's it finished. You can't complete the any races after that. So there's a little bit of an elimination. I have done the, the short one, which is the 12 random races. I tried the medium one, uh, which is 36 random races. And after every third race, you get to pick an upgrade to give you you know, the, the 12 upgrades over the 36 races. And very much like Ben, I was talking to you as I was racing before we started recording. Wasn't paying attention. Finished in sixth, and that was it. I'd completed nine races, and that's it. I need to start over again. But really cool. I, I like the concept. Yeah, it sounds like a cool idea for a mode in a racing game. Yeah. You, for you a genre that kind of doesn't have traditionally kind of the most you know exciting new ideas for modes it's usually yeah. just you're racing on a different kind of track now yeah and uh, then it kind of it, it kind of looks to me like a reimagination of outrun which is obviously kind of classic arcade yeah, so, game yeah so it's got that kind of uh insert more coins because you didn't complete yeah. the race sort of thing it makes sense for that Without, kind of yeah, because Outrun was that kind of survival-y thing of... Yes, yeah. You, know, you had a time limit. Yeah, but this one, you fail, that's it. Back to the beginning, start over again. Uh, yeah, we, we've spoke about this a couple of times now. But we have, you know, the first thing that you see is the way that it looks. Uh, and it is, it's Outrun. You listen to the music. There's that much different music throughout the game. They've got uh, various composers in on it. Again, Outrun. This is, it's a love letter to Outrun. The when you first start to play the game, I said it before. When you bump into one of the cars, what happens is you just bounce back the way, or if you hit them side on, you you bounce sideways in the direct the opposite direction which you hit them in, and it's it is it feels like a penalty when this happens, and you got a bugger. And what it's doing is it's it's wanting you to you know, break and don't run into somebody. Don't use your opponent as your break because you're going to come off the worst. And the shoe goes on the other foot as well. When you're driving and the AI bumps into you, if they hit you from behind, the, then what what you do to them, they do to you. Does that bump into one of them from behind you? You shoot them forward mm-hmm. and you bounce back. You penalize yourself. When they hit into you, the exact same thing happens to them. Makes sense. So, yeah, it's it's just a really smart game. I um, I can't recommend it enough, and I'm just sorry that I'd only realised it came out after we did Game of the Year. <laughs> yes, it should have probably showed up at least a couple of times there. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to need to check this out now. You have to, Ben. It is available on PC. It is also I'm not too sure if it's come out on the other consoles yet. I know it was coming, but I'm not too sure if, if it has been released yet. Yeah, I'm not sure. I can't recommend it highly enough. 
I've just spent so much time on it. It's uh, it's just one of those things. I I I was attacking, you know, a location, a different location every night, and getting there just really enjoyable. Once you figure out the puzzle of how to, in what order to unlock the the upgrades, which is what I my mistake in the first time. So I went back and started it all over. Once you figure that out, it's not too difficult. I was just being stupid. But <laughs> once you figure it out, it, the game is really, really enjoyable. And uh, just to let you know how much I've spent on it so far, I've played it for, according to my Nintendo Switch, I've played it for 25 hours or more. And I'm probably wow. going to play it for another look because there's the, the endurance mode and it is now a fresh spin on the game. Uh, add to that the couch co-op availability on this as well. So you can do the... It's got um, tournaments as well. And if you want, you can play split screen on the tournaments. Uh, up to four players on one screen. With the game, just hand over controllers, off you go. Yeah, this is... There's travel A racing games that don't even do half of what Horizon J Starboard does. And yeah. there's, you know, I've, I've paid three, four times as much for a racing game that I've spent on this. And it's just, it's brilliant. Go buy it. And I'm, I'm going to stop talking now because I'm. I, 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 I will go buy it. But I will, I will also give you a counter recommendation. It's the same kind of idea of kind of like a reimagination of a, a classic. Did you ever play Super Skid Marks? It's, no, I don't think so. It's an so. old Atari and then it also came to uh, Master System, I think. Um, arcade uh, isometric racing game. Right. The, 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 the niche thing about it was that one of the cars you could unlock was a cow on wheels. Oh, okay. Ring any bells? No. Nope. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, there there is a a game that came out just before Christmas uh, on PS4 called Super Pixel Racers, which is a kind of reimagination of that kind of style of game, the isometric right. arcade racer. Um, I picked it up and we were playing it. It again, like you said, it's got uh, it's ideal for local multiplayer. Right. Okay. Multiplayer. Um, it also lets you. D- decide whether or not you're going to play it using standard steering controls mm-hmm. or whether you're going to use like arcade stick style controls where you point the direction you want the car to go in right um which is which is really handy for the kids because they they get that um i let them play it the other day and they were winning races mm-hmm. using that, yeah. that that style so um yeah just a, another wee recommendation recommendation to go and take a look at that too no, no, I will do. Excellent. Um, while we're on while we're on the theme of racing games as well, uh, you can currently get Grid Two for free uh, on Humble Bundle. Oh, okay. Which is uh, another excellent racing game. Yeah, Grid Two is a fun one. Yeah, not maybe not quite as good as Grid One. Maybe not quite as good as Grid Autosport, but you know, still a good one. Yep, fair enough. Cool. 
Ben, you've played a bit more uh, variety than myself and Kieran, so let's jump back to you. And how are you getting on with Dawn? And also, what is Dawn of Man? Uh, Dawn of Man is a neat little game. It's a city builder of sorts, but you're kind of back in the Neolithic era. Uh, Well, I can't I can't quite remember all the eras it has in the game, but you basically go through from the Stone Age, Bronze Age, Neolithic, and and, and all that. It looks very. Um, I'm trying to think, kind of Age of Empire, late late Age of Empire esque, I guess. Um, you are you are you're building up a village. You're sending people out to do hunting and gathering, trying to build up a basic camp, survive the winters. Yeah, and it kind as, of reminds as... me. It reminds me more of um, was it banished? The there was a kind of the survival. City yeah, builder. I never, I never played banished, but yeah, yeah. It it looks kind of like that at least as well. Yeah, um, I think. It's it's neat. I, I'm I was really quite enjoying it. There's um, there's a lot to do in it. There's a lot of uh, variety to the world that you kind of get set up in. You've got to fish resources and hunt resources. But if you overfish and overhunt an area, then the fish and the animals won't come back to them. You need to move on to different places. There are AI tribes as well that will which will start to attack you. And raid your camp, um, which I, I kind of found out to ill effect. I did the, I did a bit of a soak test with the game. I, I set it up and I set a wee village up, and the people kind of had everything they needed to carry on and survive. And I made a bit of forward planning with enough space for them to multiply and grow as a, as a camp, and left the game running overnight. And got up in the morning and everyone was dead. So, <laughs> and it was I, I couldn't I couldn't quite understand because it was like there, there, I think there was like two people left in my camp and it was like why 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 did this happen what, what happened and then I was able to I was able to click on on something and find out the fact that the camp had been raided and raiders had basically killed all my people. It wasn't that they had they'd perished in the winter or run out of food or anything like that. There's nothing. Nothing that was of my fault. Right. Except the baddies came to kill yeah, the baddies. Yeah, the I, 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 I would I still argue. You there, I still argue <laughs> that's pretty much your bait. fault. Yeah. This you is very much like that. It's like that Futurama <laughs> episode where Bender gets shot into space and has the whole civilization on his butt and then meets God and he goes, You know, I was God for a while. And God's like, You were doing pretty well till everyone died. That's you, Ben. <laughs> they needed you, and where were you <laughs> sleeping? Yeah, well, I, when I when I went back to play it again, I made sure to build defenses around my my new settlement. Um, so you, yeah, you can start once once you get far enough, you can start building wooden walls and uh, watchtowers and stuff like that. Um, but it's it's neat. Like there's a uh, there's woolly mammoths and woolly rhinos and stuff and at a certain point they will become extinct 
So you've got to hunt them really before they go extinct in order to... You, you gain research points it, when you first hunt an animal, when you hunt the fifth one and the tenth one and so on and so on. So if you don't hunt a woolly mammoth and they become extinct, it's like that's a huge waste of research points you could have had. Sort of thing. Um, you can, further down the line, you can start uh, sculpting monoliths and eventually like a Stonehenge as well. That uh, your your people will then go and kind of worship at to recover uh, belief. Like if if people if people are dying or there's not enough food, they'll start to lose faith and stuff. So if you've got Stonehenge and monoliths to worship at, it regains that for them. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and you can eventually start building farms and domesticating animals and things like that too. It's just there's there's a lot of nice wee mechanics in it. Um, really enjoying it so far. I, I haven't quite played it all the way through yet. That's cool. It's from the same yeah. developers as um, Space Base as well. Ah, uh, yes. Which was another kind of kind of city builder we were building a, a Space Base, I guess. Um, I never played that one. I was meant to. Oh, sorry, not Space Base. Uh, Pla Planet Base. Planet Base. Planet Base. Yeah, sorry. yeah. Similar name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that 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 I've never played that, but it was always on my wish list. Yeah, same. That's the reason I heard about this one. Um, well, that and because like three people all told me about it, and I was like, this, why is this game suddenly <laughs> out of nowhere started popping up on everyone's radar? Um, yeah, it seems good. I I want it. I think I will pick it up at some point. Yeah, I def I definitely recommend it. It's you know it only just came out uh, a couple of weeks ago, so. Um, yep, yeah, really enjoying it. Definitely, definitely worth picking up and checking out. Cool. cool. Um, Kieran, you've been playing Devil May Cry Five. Yeah, I finished Devil May Cry Five. Oh wow! Huzzah. It's not like it's a particularly short game or anything like that. It's kind of about the same length as other Devil May Cry games. It's a good like <laughs> you know, eight or nine hours. <laughs> I just liked it a lot. Um, yeah, so Devil May Cry 5 is a return to kind of core Devil May Cry series after the last one was kind of a spin-off by, uh, oh god, what's the name of the company? Microsoft just bought them. Um, <laughs> they made Hellblade. The, uh, Ninja Theory. Ninja Theory. Um, which I was excited for that game before it came out, and then when I actually played it, it didn't really click with me for some reason. Not really sure why. It just didn't. Um, but I'm a big fan of Devil May Cry series in general. I like one a lot. Two was kind of terrible, but I think that's universally agreed upon. Uh, three is my favorite. I like the first half of four, and then the second half of four is you replaying four. So I didn't really like four overall that much. Um. But five is like definitely a return to form. Like it's a lot of stuff in the cutscenes are references to things from like Devil May Cry three, but not in a kind of like overly you know nostalgia kind of aimed thing. It's more of a it's just in terms of tone. It's like hey, we we know this is the one people like the most, so we did that again, and it's really really great. So for people who don't know, Devil May Cry is you know this long running action series kind of 
basically coined the term uh, stylish action that then went on to become used in things like Bayonetta uh, and basically everything that Platinum Games makes. And Devil May Cry 5 is running on the RE engine, which is Capcom's latest engine that they made for Resident Evil 7 and then also used for Resident Evil 2 this year. And is just one of the nicest looking engines around at the moment. It's kind of nuts how game how good this game looks, especially, especially given it runs at like 60 frames a second the whole time. But in particular during cutscenes and stuff like that, where they kind of bump up the the resolution of the, the models and the textures and stuff a bit, it looks just stunning. So that's all kind of really impressive. And then it actually also plays great, which you kind of would hope from a Devil May Cry game. Uh, it's uh, you spend the game like split between three different characters, which when they announced that before launch made me really worried because I thought, oh god, it's going to be like four where you replay levels again as Dante because you play the first level as someone else and then redo it backwards as Dante because that's how four worked for some reason. Um, five, thankfully, is not like that. So you jump between three different characters. Um, there's Nero from four who now looks a lot like the wrestler Cody Rhodes. Like, worryingly so. To the point where Cody Rhodes had to tweet out at one point saying, I am not Nero. <laughs> basically, <laughs> tell, basically telling people without actually telling people, like, stop asking. It's not me. Um, which is pretty good. Uh, Nero has, like, all the stuff he had in 4 where he has, like, his kind of grapple hook arm where you know, kind of flies out and pulls enemies towards him, or pulls him towards bigger enemies, and his sword that you can like rev like a motorcycle and it does more damage. And if you time the revving properly, it like fully charges a meter and does more damage. It's he's a weird character, but he plays really well. Uh, but the kind of twist that they've added to him in this to give him a bit more kind of a bit more flexibility compared to what he had in four is he is missing an arm in this one and has it replaced with a robot arm and you can replace that robot arm with different styles of robot arm that all have different special abilities so like the one you start with does a big kind of like lightning blast but then you can get other ones that do kind of like whip attacks or there's one that slows down time in a localized area so you can basically throw out these little time bubbles at enemies slow them down for a bit and so you end up doing all these like big, crazy, cool-looking combos that are comboing together. You know, his sword, his gun, his grapple arm, and then these different kind of robot hands that he has. And it's all just really cool-looking. Uh, then there's Dante, as you kind of expect, because, you know, it's a Devil May Cry game, and he's in all of them. And he has his like wide array of weapons, and you unlock more weapons the longer you play with them. And he is probably simultaneously like the most complex, but also kind of the way this game controls, they made it really easy to control. But basically he's the most flexible of any of these characters and possibly of any character in like one of these kind of games. Like the amount of stuff you can do with Dante is nuts. And they make it so easy to do it all. So he has like a sword and he has his guns. 
and he has basically like square is shoot your gun, triangle is use a sword, circle is you know your special attack, and your special attack changes depending on which style you're in, which he's had in previous games as well. So you can be in the trickster mode, in which case circle will be like a kind of dodge most of the time. Or you could be in Gunslinger and it'll be some kind of like, you know, gun based attack. Uh, Royal Guard, which means you'll be able to do like counters and uh, parries and stuff like that. And uh, the Swordmaster mode, which basically just gives you more sword attacks that you can do as well. And you can switch between all of these styles like on the fly, just mid combo, just by hitting a button on the D pad. And it's kind of nuts because you can then just chain all these things together really easily. Like, even if you don't know what you're doing, you can just mash the buttons a bunch and then just, you know, hit a D-pad every now and again to do different attacks and you end up with these big, crazy, flashy-looking combos. And then on top of that, Dante has, uh, I think, like, four different melee weapons and four different guns and you can equip them in... You don't just equip them to your character, you equip them in an order... And then when you hit R2 or L2, it'll switch to the next... R2 switches to the next weapon, and L2 switches to the next gun. And so you can just be, like, mashing combos, especially because on the normal difficulty, this game isn't really that hard, for a Devil May Cry game, at least. You can just be mashing buttons, like mashing the, the melee attacks and the circle and the square and stuff like that, and also just hitting the triggers. And Dante will just fly up in the air, pulling out different weapons, hitting things over and over and over, and you'll end up doing these crazy flashy combos and you kind of don't even have to think about it too much um, until you get to later parts of the game and harder difficulties and stuff like that, in which case you've got to actually know what you're doing. But it's all really cool. Um, but then there's third character, which is V. He's the new one for this game. And he's kind of the weirdest playing of all of them because Nero and Dante kind of play like updated versions of how they played in the previous games. But V is V doesn't directly attack enemies at all. Which is kind of weird for an action game. He can summon a bird and a panther to fight for him. And so his kind of like square and triangle attacks become instead of a direct attacks, they become commands for these animals. And you end up kind of not quite sitting in the sidelines, but kind of, you know, setting off from the main battle, commanding these things to attack enemies, which is kind of like a really cool concept. And he's also this weird, like, kind of gothic... I don't know how to describe him. He's a goth who looks vaguely like Adam Driver to some degree, who you can hold R2 and he will just pull out a book and start reading uh, William Blake poetry, which is bizarre. It charges <laughs> it charges one of his power meters because that, 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 that's what he does. Um, <laughs> which I like that in concept, but he only actually has like two quotes. So he, I kept holding that button down, hoping he would read more different poetry, but they only have two of them and it's like, Come on. Yeah. It's such a good concept. Um He you play as him the least in the game and I'm kinda of torn on it because he was very fun to play as, but I also found that he's kind of a bit broken compared to the other characters. 
Because like I said, on normal, this game's not that difficult for a Devil May Cry game anyway. But his levels in particular were, like, I was coming out of... I don't think I got less than an S rank on any of his levels. Because because you're not directly in the fight, you can kind of just stand off to the side and mash buttons and you'll end up with these giant combos destroying all the enemies because you're off to the side not worrying about taking damage. Um, it's weird. But I really, really like it. It's great. The story is kind of the nonsense you would expect from a Devil May Cry game. The cutscenes and stuff are all really nice. The gameplay is just some of the best that the series has ever been. Um, yeah, I don't know. I really like it overall. I definitely recommend it if you like Devil May Cry games or if you just are looking for a kind of new action game. I also kind of recommend getting the deluxe edition if you're kind of interested in that kind of thing because one of the really, or you can just look up on YouTube really, one of the dumb cool things that this game has is all of the cutscenes when they recorded them, they recorded live action versions of them and then used that as, you know, the basis for doing their CG. Like they're not one to one. So obviously it's not like they traced over it with CG, but they use it as like inspiration basically. But the deluxe edition gives you those live action versions of the cutscenes. So it's all just like actors and developers and stuff like that in a fucking sound stage doing flips and wearing knockoff, you know, gear to look like the characters from the game. Uh-huh. Or like V has like, you know, his bard that is one of his summons. And during the cutscene, that bard is there. And any cutscene that has that bard there, instead of having a bard there because it's, you know, a live action thing and they weren't CGing it, it's just some guy standing there with like a big blanket, basically, flapping it up and down like he's a bard. <laughs> and so you can just turn on these kind of live action cutscenes to replace the regular cutscenes, which I don't recommend doing for the first playthrough. But if you're going to play through this game multiple times or either if you just want to watch those cutscenes I definitely recommend it because they're really silly it's really worth watching um, but yeah Devil May Cry 5 it's one of the best Devil May Cry games I'm not sure if it's my favourite 3 might still be my favourite I need to go back and replay 3 I think to decide but right. so far at the very least it's, it's, it's up there it's definitely one of the best playing Devil May Cry games so far and they made me like Nero, which I didn't think they could do. They managed to actually do that. So, good on them for that, if nothing else. Um, speaking of not being able to make me like something, Dead or Alive 6, Mike. <laughs> well, how about <laughs> spending 80 quid on costumes? Are they live-action costumes? No, they're not live-action costumes, mm. I don't know about that then. So, <laughs> the mention, Ben, you were talking about uh, expensive DLC. So, Dead or Alive 6 has its season, is it its season's pass out? And it's in the region of 80 odd pound. I'm in the game at the moment, so I can't get into the, the store what? and tell you how much it is. And all you're paying for is all the costumes. It's probably from what I can gather, it's a combination of costumes that were in Dead or Alive 5 and uh, 
games before that as well. Mm-hmm. So you've you can spend eighty odd quid on costumes. It's completely unnecessary. It's not needed whatsoever for the game. It looks like it's there for you know a certain section of the Dead or Alive fans. Perverts. And they, <laughs> I was I was going to say they know who they are. The perverts. <laughs> You're saying that soon that we're going to need to. Uh... Enter our credit card details to be able to view Dead or Alive Six. <laughs> Live cam with Dead or Alive. <sighs> no, yeah. Theresa so, coming for your Dead or Alive Six. Oh yeah, she will be. But uh, yeah, it has. I finished the story. Completely batshit crazy. I had already finished the main part of the story when we spoke on the last podcast when we spoke mm. about Dead or Alive 6. I'd finished the main story, but what I hadn't done was tied up all the other characters' parts. And so it's weird this time how, if you remember the story, or the way the story mode worked in Dead or Alive 5, in both the original version then and last in last round, it was set, you had to play them in a certain order. Here, yeah. it you don't have to. You... You play a bit and then you unlock some. You can either then try and carry on with the story that you're busy with, or it's entirely up to you what part you play next. Um, when you run out of pieces, you know, if you run out of uh, a character, you just move on to the next one. So you could try and piece together the story, and even then, it's still very segmented and it's. <laughs> It's more reminiscent of if you ever played Tekken 2. So if you ever played Tekken 2 on the PlayStation 1 and you finished a character story, you got this weird FMV cutscene at the end. Yeah. And it had a rough idea, just a rough approximation of what the character was about. And sometimes it made no sense whatsoever. For example, Jack 2, if you finished Jack 2, it was a story of Jack 2, the robot, seeing this little girl and picking a flower for her and giving her the flower. That was it. <laughs> you know, so you you basically beaten the living shit out of 12 yeah. other characters so that you could see this weird-ass robot give a little girl a flower. Um, it's pretty much the... throw Hiachi into a volcano. Again. <laughs> Again. <laughs> yeah. So the story mode in Dead or Alive 6 is just as crazy as that it's don't try and make head and the tail of it because you're not going to utterly bizarre but I did we spoke about the Dead or Alive quest uh, a little bit as well so I'd played a little bit of that I've played more of it so this is the kind of mission section so you there's so many different uh, chapters and characters that you can play. Um, I think we said it was in the region of 150 of them. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, something around the, the region of that. And you get a character and you can then... You've got various challenges that you need to complete within the next set of fights with that character. And some of them may be as simple as clear the round within you know, two minutes. Uh, that's one of the things you need to do. The other thing 
a complete three three throws. Uh, yeah, so there's always three things. The first one will be win the fight. Second one, you know, pull off so many moves. And the third one, maybe finish. Mm-hmm. And I'm really enjoying it. What it's doing more than any other mode that I've found in Dead or Alive of the previous games, it's actually teaching me to play the game. And what I mean by that is you've got the, you know, the challenges that you to do, and, and a lot of them are revolved using the counters. Now, if you know yourself, the counters, um, you push back and hold for a, that's a mid-range counter. Um, if it's a punch, if it's a kick, it would be forward and hold. A high is diagonals. And the mm-hmm. for the low ones, it's a down diagonals. So it's always been difficult to kind of use, but what they do here is after a certain part of the, the fight, something kicks in with the AI. I'm not too sure if this is the case. It just kind of feels that way, that you'll be fighting, and then all of a sudden you can see the character, and they, they sort of use the same move over and over again. You go, all right, I know what it's doing. It's wanting me to get used to doing it. It just works better than the the training mode. Yeah. Um, and again, really enjoying it. Uh, and as well, uh, the point of doing all the three challenges as well as you've done all three of them, you unlock costume parts. So the way they're unlocking the costumes this time, not the ones that you can buy, but already game is it may be a teen one of Tina's wrestling outfits and they may decide that the the first one that you can get is worth a hundred parts. So one of these uh, fights will unlock uh, 100 parts of that. That's the whole thing. It's unlocked. The next one may be worth, uh, may consist of 300 parts. So you may need to do three different challenges. Uh, it's a different way of handling to unlock the, the costumes. In previous games, it would be you had to complete the story mode so many times or and then you would get so many costumes. Then if you did yeah. the time attack mode, you would... Um, what they've done is you get these costume parts, these bonus points, and they're character-specific, and you get them for doing, like I said, the DOA quest. And they're also tied in sometimes that they'll do a bit like the the Tetris effect. On certain weekends, they'll say, oh, uh, you, you can earn uh, costume parts if you do time attack. Or this whole weekend, if you do time attacks with Bass, you'll get double the, the costume points. So they're kind of going that way as well. And yeah, I quite like it. It's a decent fighting game. I haven't played it online yet. Uh, one of the reasons for it is because I haven't got a PSN, a PlayStation Plus. Uh, and that is a choice. It was, I'd, I think I had, uh, oh, I got automatically charged for PlayStation Plus and I got the hump with it because I didn't activate it. And But apparently with PlayStation, the, if you pay for PlayStation Plus with a credit card, it automatically ticks this auto renewal thing. Yeah, so Xbox I, is the same as well. 
Yeah, yeah so yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I emailed them because I, I, on the day that it happened, and somebody responded to me saying, "I, oh no, this is the thing that happened. Did you could, uh, you can take it off. Wish, um, and normally give you the money back. It's tough cookie, but because you emailed us today, we'll go. And I thought, yeah, f- fucking, that's generous of you." Yeah, Robin bastards, and <laughs> uh, I haven't had any reason to take PlayStation Plus back on to play anything. Uh, Kieran and and well, nobody. Uh, we haven't even played anything with Nathan or anything. I think if we do play something, I'll, pro- I'll get PlayStation Plus again. But at the moment, I haven't had. I've not missed it, and we haven't. Uh, you know, there's been no need to play anything. Yeah, I've been using it for some stuff. Um... Actually, I meant to say when talking about Devil May Cry, um, it actually has like a multiplayer component that's pretty neat. Oh, okay. Um, because in that game, because you're playing as three characters and uh, the story causes them to be in similar areas but going through different levels, you can basically see the other characters' levels from like you can see one of these levels from Nero's level in a lot of places, and rather than just have like the AI running through that the game will automatically connect you up to another player. And so you'll just see another player going through like Nero's level in the background while you're going through a level. Uh-huh. And then there's some later on where you're just straight up in the same location doing stuff. And so it's just like a cool little side thing. It's weird that it's in there. It's just this weird multiplayer thing that I don't think you would really miss much if you you know didn't have PlayStation Plus and you played Devil May Cry 5, but... That's definitely my most right. recent use of PlayStation Plus was seeing other people play Devil May Cry while I played Devil May Cry. Right. <laughs> cool. I uh, well, looking at the season as well. Uh, so it is seventy four pounds seventy three ninety nine for the season pass. Included in it is a whole bunch of costumes. There is two additional characters. They've already announced the name of one of them, Mai Shurinai or Shurinu, and an additional, an additional new character. Great. No idea. Yeah, uh, but and even the costumes—they're Happy Wedding costumes, Volume One, Volume Two, and Costume Pack Volume One and Costume Pack Volume Two. I don't think that's enough to justify seventy-four quid. I'm sure there'll be a lot more. You'd hope. Yeah. Given, given um, the amount of costumes they eventually added to the, the last game. Well, that, that's the thing. If you go to Dead or Alive 5, uh, the last round, and you look at the DLC that you can buy to buy every single costume, you're looking in the region of 400 quid. Yeah. It, so you're you saying know, this the... is a bargain. You'd be losing money <laughs> if you didn't get the season pass. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so... I will buy the cost, uh, not the costumes. Freudian slip. I'll buy, <laughs> buy I'll, buy the char- <laughs> I'll buy the characters most probably if I'm still playing the game when they they come out. But yeah, um, I wouldn't be spending all that money on. I just don't. I don't understand it. Like, it's like they fundamentally misunderstood. Like, I'm sure they made a lot of money off their costume DLC in the last game, and that's why they're doing this. But yeah. it's like they fundamentally misunderstood why season passes are so successful. Like, the season pass for Tekken is very successful because 
you get a lot of good content in it and it's cheap enough that people will then buy a second one uh-huh. you know when you decide you want to do a year or two of content and you're like well, we'll add another five characters if you give us another 20 quid then people will be like yeah I'll pay 20 quid for more characters that's a, that's a good yep. deal like they're not going to be able to go in a year's time and go yeah if you give us another 75 quid uh, we'll give you more costumes yeah like who in their right mind is going to buy that <laughs> yeah it's it's crazy but uh, moving swiftly on and talking about crazy things Ben you have went back to Elite Dangerous or did you never really leave um, I did I, I kind of come and go to Elite Dangerous I, but I think in the same spirit where Kieran bought a fight stick what last year two years ago Oh, it was at least two or three years ago now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for all the fighting games you've been playing and you've kind of moulded yourself into using it, haven't you? Yeah, I, I cannot... I, basically, there's very few fighting games I can play now without a fight stick. It just feels unnatural. Yes, so I, I saw uh, an offer in Argos, I think, in January for a fight stick with an L. That <laughs> um, Hotas. A Hotas. Yes. Uh, so I, I, I picked up a Hotas in January and it kind I'd of. I'd probably say a doctor about that. <laughs> uh... It also kind of <laughs> coincided with the start of a, a massive community event that's happening in Elite Dangerous right now uh, called Distant Worlds 2, which is a in game expedition from what they call the bubble of space where. where populated spaces around the Sol system uh, to basically as far away as possible. And it's a kind of coordinated 20-week-long event where you get given a set of a set of uh, a, a final waypoint to reach by the end of the week and a number of kind of viewpoints that you can optionally visit along the way. And there's thousands and thousands of, of people that have signed up for the event and that are going along on this journey so it was kind of a, a cool thing to join in with uh, it gave me an excuse to pick up the HOTAS and, and get used to, to using it so I'm as, uh, I'm as far away from the Sol system as I've ever been in Elite Dangerous I have, I have fallen behind a wee bit on the general expedition but it shouldn't take too long to catch up. It's theoretically, you can just in a few hours make the journey that they set for you every week. Yeah. Right. And um, so obviously, just a few people... hours. Every yeah, week. I mean, you know, maybe a good eight hours or something. <laughs> if if you if you do just kind of straight line be line it, uh, do what you call a honk scoop and a jump. Uh, which is jump into a system, give it a quick scan, refill off the star, and jump to the next one. Uh, but but that, the whole idea is that people kind of take their time and explore the the space that we're we're traveling through. There's there's very little populated spaces, so there's a few kind of stations dotted around here and there that people can land at to repair, refuel, 
sell whatever exploration data they've found so far. Yeah. But generally, generally we're all just flying in the dark. <laughs> um, it's been kind of cool. It's just like, yeah, it's a community thing. So there's a bunch of us trying jump on and, and, and doing it all together. So yeah, cool. these, have, these than, events are also really been, cool. Yeah. And uh, Frontier have actually planned on making more out of these events. So they have um, community goals every week in the game anyway. But they've actually, as of this week, taken the community goals down for the next month while they rework the system and actually make it more integrated with the actual community rather than just this random event that everybody signs up for. Oh, okay. Yeah, based around the kind of things the community actually either is already doing or wants to do, presumably. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be kind of cool when that when that system comes back up. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, I am out in the mid arse and nowhere, near the <laughs> center of the galaxy, which is kind of the halfway point because we 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 reach the center and then we got to go the other way, continue further on. So yeah, it's it's been fun. I've had a lot of fun uh, with the Hotas actually. I was a bit skeptical to begin with because I've always just used the Xbox controller. Yeah, Yeah, it is. Um, And the one I got, it wasn't it wasn't expensive. It's just the the kind of the standard Thrustmaster one. Yeah, it's probably Um, the same one I have to be honest. Yeah, but it's. I can't see mine from here. Otherwise, I would tell you. Yeah, I actually threw the box for it out the other day, so that it it itself is sitting under the desk where I threw the box out. Is it the one um, that splits into yes. two? Yeah, okay, yes. yeah, I've got that one. <laughs> so That's the one everyone has. Yeah, and at, at the same time, I was looking at a lot of different uh, imager pages, Reddit threads, and all sorts on uh, tutorials on how to build your own kind of dashboard of buttons and stuff. Yeah. And I, I kind of, I'm keen to, like you say, the, the HOTAS comes apart into two separate bits. I'm keen to build a unit that then fits in between that space with a few extra buttons and dashes, dials That'd and stuff cool. on it for like toggling, toggling landing gear and weapons and stuff like that. I always uh, just wanted one of the ones that has the the little thing you have to flip up before you can hit a switch under it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to make just to make <laughs> it feel special, you know. I, I I've got an eBay shopping list of those sorts of things. <laughs> there is just like um, the next model up from this one of these like Hotas, the more expensive one has that. But given the only thing I've used this for was playing Elite Dangerous a couple of times, I cannot justify buying it because I never <laughs> use it. I literally just picked it up and it is caked in dust. I'm about to send you a link to something that will probably blow your mind. But I, I bought uh, or my wallet. I bought a kind of Arduino starter kit to to look at doing this sort of thing myself as well. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the plans for the future with with this. But um, yeah, for now, just plodding plodding away in, in Elite Dangerous, taking up space. I have, uh, however, been playing a lot more of another space game, which is a uh, space engine. Oh right, yeah, yeah. How's that going? Um, it's going. Depends how you define well. <laughs> I mean, 
Has that game out? I've played a lot. Yes, it is now. Okay. That's the thing, it's actually been released. It's actually came out of early access because I've had it for (laughs) probably four years or something. Yeah, that's one of those ones I always think of as like one of those early early access games that, you know, were in early access for ages. And then at one point they were like, we're going to do a non-space space engineers. And it's like, why? Wait, what are you doing? Finish space engineers, goddammit. Yeah. I see. I I'd actually played more of Medieval Engineers before. This I, mean, I didn't. Properly. I didn't necessarily mean it wasn't good or anything. I've not played it, but it's just. It was one of those things where they announced it. It's like you should probably finish your first game first. You're charging money for it, you know. Is there not a way on Steam to see when you got a game? Oh, I don't know. I think it might just say it on the page, doesn't it? Not? Like on the I just say it's like when I've, oh I'm on. But yeah, it actually released at the end of February. Um, nice. So I've been I before before when it was in beta, I never really played an awful lot of it. Um, I had like our friend of the show Smiter, he plays he plays it a lot, and I kind of jumped into his game a couple of times and just stood there going, "What am I supposed to do?" <laughs> uh, I never really never really got it. Yeah. But what do I, you do? You build now you can, stuff. Maybe you can explain to us. I still don't really know, to be fair. Um, but yeah, it's just like it drops, you, space. it drops you on a planet or something, and it goes right. Okay, do stuff. It's just it's it's Minecraft in space. All right, that's fair. Technically, I mean, it's not always in space. You can start on a planet and then work your yeah. way to getting into space. Um, but yeah, you've got a whole kind of solar system to discover and explore, and you can set up AI. And, like bad guys and stuff in it, but you don't have to. It's it's mostly yeah, it's about kind of being creative and mining a lot of mining. I'm currently oh, building, I'm, I'm currently building an ice drill. The, the the planet my game is on seems to be covered in ice, so it was like nice. We'll we'll have plenty of hydrogen fuel to make, and started drilling down into the ice and found out the ice wasn't all that thick. So we then went on to mining whatever was underneath it. So I'm now thinking, well, we're going to run out of ice. We need to mine the ice. So I'm now building a drill that goes sideways just under the surface to mine oh. out all the ice underneath the underneath the surface. Kind of like how they collect salt, but for the actual ice itself. Yeah. Nice. I always want to like games like that but they never they never really click with me like that new um astroneer that just came out i keep eyeing that up and looking at it and going i want this and then i keep thinking it's just like oh it's, it's one of those games though it's it's one of those games that i i never play very much and will not stick with i should not spend money on it yeah, I, I'm kind of the same. I don't always enjoy these type of creative, creative type games. Um, but I don't know. Something just this past couple of weeks has has captured me into playing this. I, I've put in forty nine hours in the last two weeks. Jeez! Wow! Yeah, yeah. That's hours. That's more hours yeah. than I work in a week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> last two weeks. Last two weeks. 
Oh, okay, funny. fair. That's probably that's probably more than I work in two weeks, to be fair. But <laughs> <laughs> it is it is a bit of a, a resource hog game though. That's the that's the only thing. So on my PC at home, it kind of it looks okay. I've kind of got it right. But on my PC region. at work, when I'm meant to be working, it's yeah, pretty. yeah. My <laughs> on my PC at work at lunchtime. Yeah, it looks yeah likely story. Uh, lunchtime at 10 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Excellent. So has, has anyone else been playing any other video games? No. Paul's not here for me to curse him. I've I've been playing that Suki on my phone. Right. <laughs> Paul's game of the year. Of yeah, after he was going on about it in the game of the year, I, I picked it up. I've been playing that as well. It's very cute. I keep meaning to pick up. I picked up that new Nintendo game on mobile, but I've not actually played it. Alright, okay. Uh, was it Dragalia Lost or something like that? It's like an uh, RPG. It's, it's, yeah, I didn't pick it up. I've heard good things about it, I just I don't play mobile games very much. Uh, no, fair enough. No, yeah. I think that's everything for that. Has anyone played any board games? I have not. You have not. No. I've I've not really. But we will hopefully play some next week. Yes, yeah. So uh, Ben and myself are, are getting together, or the family, should we say, and uh, we will find some time to shoot in some Keyforge and possibly yes, something else you, as well. You made me buy a deck. I did. Yes, I, I didn't even fall for that. For. <laughs> And I like that so, game. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll, so, we'll play some Keyforge, and we might also play some um, Beasts of Balance as well. Yes, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, so oh, looking oh, forward to you. some of that. Uh, but I was at a game day, and uh, I do apologise for that. Uh, Siri has been just randomly answering questions. And, Siri loves uh, board games. <laughs> She just loves to get involved, uh, especially <laughs> on your watch. Uh, I'll be talking, yes, and just all that's... of a sudden, she just pipes up. Yeah. It's weird. I recently got an Apple Watch, and yes, that has been happening constantly for me. Yeah, so I'm going to have a look at getting her disabled. <laughs> oh, no. Euthanized, sorry. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we went to a game. And it was uh, with... The friend of the show, Stuart, and a load of gamers that we normally play with, and played a couple of games. I played Cash and Guns, which I think we've spoke about before. It's a game that I don't like. Uh, <laughs> reason I don't like it is for the same reason that I don't like Werewolf, and that is the player elimination. Uh, that's so we we were playing bit of fun and somebody got eliminated and that was that they were they, they were out of the game and had to sit in their phone and the game carried on for near enough another 45 minutes because they, they got yeah they got eliminated quite early and it's like that's why i don't like this game it's it is it's very take that <laughs> it is it's the loosest it it's the loosest form of game it if that makes any sense it's it, 
it's a game, but it has the least amount of rules needs to make it a game. Yeah, just not not one of my favorites, and the player elimination is quite a big thing for that. Uh, another one which I'm okay with, I think I've been burnt out with, was Resistance. Mm-hmm. So we've played that a couple of times. We spoke about it on the podcast as well. I uh, enjoyed that. Enjoyed the game that we played of it. Uh, we played two games. On the first game, it was myself and Stuart were the the bad guys. And uh, I got picked for the first mission. And so, or I think Stuart got picked for the first mission. He passed it. So I got picked for the next mission and I passed that one. So they were close to winning. And mm-hmm. uh, so I got picked for the next mission. And to the people arguing and going, no, I'm pretty sure you're a bad guy. And that's it. That was enough for to sow the, you know, to sow the, the, the seeds of doubt. Yes. <laughs> so, of course, the mission failed. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I say, ah, see, I knew it. I told you. I told you. <laughs> and that was it. We just ended up winning that way because um, I kept getting picked. And then the last time they suspected that it might be me, so they picked the other safe bet, which was Stuart. <laughs> Stuart just tanked them. <laughs> so it was really good. Uh, the second round we played, or the second game that we played, uh, I was uh, a good guy this time as well. And Stuart was, he ended up being a baddie that time as well. And I think, yeah, we, we lost that one. So the, the bad guys won again. Um so that was all right. Uh, we also played Band Manager. So that's the game that we I picked up at UK Games Expo that Ben, myself, and Stephen had played uh, and Love really enjoyed. Love yeah. It. This time when we played it, however, it was weird. Nobody, everyone was too polite. <laughs> it was one of the weirdest games. It turned into this kind of weird set collection where you were everyone was just being too too polite and you were hoping that no one was noticing what you were massing okay (laughs) um it was quite weird there would there would be the odd disagreement um somebody actually they we ended up doing i think a level a level three tour, I think you can do, is there up to four levels, Ben? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah I, think I, think, I think so, yeah. Yeah, so they did a level three tour, which is a hell of a lot of cards. They get played out of the table, a lot of resources. And that was fine, and they were putting things in, and we played with a five-player game. Uh, it's the first time I've played with full full player count, and which means there's five columns you know, because uh, you put your your badge on a column to claim the one card, you, and you can't have two badges on the same column. You have to take one of the the columns, and it donates who's going to get first, second, third, fourth, fifth pick of the loot. So there's four people, and they're all putting cards in and everything. And uh, somebody say uh, the one of the fifth the fifth player says they. Uh, Oh, well, no one's taking that. I'll just pop my token on that. And they're all being polite. And I, yeah, yeah, that's fine. On you go. And they're all talking about who should get first and second pick. And the fifth one, they're happy to take, they've said they're happy to take the fifth pick. Until it dawns that they didn't put any cards into the band, to the tour. 
So they're getting a pick and they're getting potentially fans and equipment for nothing. <laughs> and it's like, you didn't do, you didn't put anything in. Oh, well, no, I didn't. But I, I said, can I put it down? And somebody said it was okay. But if you want, and, but, and instead of being sneaky about it, they came clean. It was like, oh, no, but that's fine. You take that away. And they started telling them, you know, I, I'll put some stuff in. And instead of putting crap in, they were putting good stuff in. <laughs> just, it was the weirdest game. It was still very enjoyable because you would have a couple of little arguments, but nothing like the full, you know, the stand-up sit-down fight that Ben, myself, and Stephen would have. Yeah, we were, you know, we were proper prima donnas. When we were oh, playing. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that you're pure uh, South Park, screw you guys, I'm going home. You know, temper tantrums. And stuff. <laughs> but uh, I think it might have been because uh, it was, like I said, it was five of us playing. It was uh, two of the people that I knew and two people that I didn't. And uh, so I just think it was it just everyone was being polite. I'll help you here. I'll do that. No, 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 no. That's not fair. This is more fair if I do it that way. Whereas when we play, it's like, fuck you. <laughs> I want as much as I can get for as little as nothing. Uh, I think, Ben, one of the games that we played with Stephen, you managed somehow to convince Stephen that you were going to, on his turn, you were going to get first pick, plus you got his card, his high-value card that he put in to the game to get us all these fans. Ben ended up getting first and second picks, plus (laughs) plus Stephen's high-pressure card. And it was... I think yeah. you guys blocked me for like two rounds from joining in. Yes, we did. Then, yeah, we... <laughs> but, but you hadn't you hadn't given Stephen very good rewards. So I was like, right, well, Stephen, leave Mike out of it, and I'll let you get the good rewards. Yes. And then basically by him letting me in, I won the game in that turn. <laughs> yeah, um, but it is it's and I the thing that I love about band manager as well is you can have the negotiation going right up and at any point in the game it is entirely legal for you to say that's it I've changed my mind fuck all of you take all your cards I'm doing it myself uh, you know you, you can do that or um, there's, there's, there's rules there's hard and fast rules about who gets the pick and what they can pick and you know when it comes to divvying up the loot but the thing is, they're not hard and fast because you can change them. Mm-hmm. So although whoever p- puts their badge down in a certain position gets first pick, it's you it, You can use that as a bargaining chip to say, although my card is, uh, my, my chip is there, I won't take the first pick. It will be my turn, but you tell me what to pick and you get the card. And you can use that as, as, as bargaining. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can, yeah, it's, Really, really cool. So we need to play that again, and I think we need to get like everyone I've and have a go. Have. No, you haven't. Yeah. So yeah, we need to play that with you as well. It's great. Um, it definitely seems but, like that kind of game. Yes. Yeah. So we played a one more game that day as well, and it was a game I I think we mentioned in the last podcast here, and it was a. A game by Friedman Fries, so yes. that's the guy. Yep, and it's called Fool. And this is a trick-taking game. It plays four to eight players, 
And most trick-taking games, uh, for anyone that's a bit lost, you normally, somebody will start, it's a bit like Bridge or Hearts, if you think Microsoft Hearts, where you play a, a card, it's normally of a suit or a colour, and everyone has to follow that colour. And generally, the highest number wins, and that that hand of cards between all the players is called a trick. You win that trick, and normally the game is normally won by whoever has the most tricks. Sometimes you'll be in teams or things like that. Friedman Fries has taken that, and he's flipped it around a little bit. So the idea of the game is not to win tricks, but to empty your hand of cards. So it's still a trick-taking game in tricks are played and also when the entire deck of cards is dealt it's dealt out equally to all the number of players that are playing so you all have the same number of cards and you're trying to play uh you will start the game and you'll play a suit and everyone has to follow the suit the highest number wins if you can't match that suit you can shed which means you can play another suit uh but with a it that becomes the washed card Mm -hmm. or if there's two people that have shed you know they haven't played the suit then the lowest value would be the washed card now in this game you don't want to be the person you you either want to win the trick because that means you can start you start off the next trick or you want to be somewhere in the middle because whoever loses the trick whoever played the washed card gets the fool token, they become the fool, and the fool can't play in the next round of cards. So you end up, everyone else reduces their number, the number of cards in their hand by one, except you, because you had to sit out. Okay. Right? So you, you're the fool for this round, so a round of cards is played, and you can't play. The next... Uh, on that card, you couldn't play anything, but there was someone else that played a bad card. So then they become the fool, they can't play, and you're back in for the round. And so what you're trying to do is just get rid of all your cards and hopefully make sure you're not... Yeah. Um, so the first round that we played, the game is played all rounds. Uh, at the end, whoever gets rid of all the cards first uh, you then score, the, and there's a scoring system. You add up all the nu- the physical numbers in your hand, and you score points. Uh, and then the game ends after somebody hits negative 80 points, and whoever's got the most points wins. Um, but we, what we were playing is we were just playing a couple of, you know, a couple of games to see who won that individual game. Mm-hmm. And the first time we played, somebody won the game. And they did so without ever actually taking a trick. Okay. So they just because they, they just, didn't lose any. Yeah, they didn't lose any, um, and they just made sure that they were in the middle of the whole way. Yeah. And, and it is a very clever take on a trick-taking game. Yeah, it sounds quite it, cool. Yeah, it's really cool. I really like it. It has got a, a couple of cool things as well. So. Uh, They've got the four different suits, and they have numbers from two to, I think the highest one is 30-odd, but each each of the four different suits has different values. And depending on the number of players playing the game, you have to alter each of these suits. Mm-hmm. 
which is another neat twist as well. So you, for uh, players from four, five, six, seven, and eight, each you know each of those variants is a different number of cards and a different uh, configuration of suits, which is really cool. I I do like it. It's just an awesome game, and you're paying. You can pick it up for between 15 and 20 pounds depending i think the recommended retail price is 18 pounds worth every penny just a awesome little game um really liking doing it with all his his games um he just seems to be for me anyway he's on a roll at the moment he he's got a couple of more of the fast forward games coming out soon um yeah he's just doing really well yeah, I feel like any of his games that I've played recently that I've not been like super into, I've at least liked enough or liked the kind of idea and spin on it that he's tried enough that I can kind of forgive it. Yes, yeah. Sense. Like he's not necessarily released you know, perfect games every single time, but he's released, at least released interesting games every time, which is in a lot of times is, you know, better. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I've I think. Kind of on this. Yeah, I think Ben, you you've liked uh, the Friedman Freeze games that you've played as well. I think I've only played one or two of them, but yeah. Yeah, I think you we, played. You definitely played, played Fear. Fear, yes, we played Fear. Um, can't remember yeah. what other ones we had. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not too sure if you've played Fortress or I know you haven't played Flea. And I don't think you've played Fabled Fruit, but that's one that we should get to the table as well, which is a really good one. Fabled Fruit's good. Fabled Fruit's yeah. especially good, probably, for kids as well, I'd say. Yes, yeah. It definitely um, seems very focused for a younger audience. Yep. As so, much fun Fabled, as we had with it. Yeah, so Fabled Fruit, Ben, is the game that kind of started off this whole thing that Fear does, you know, where the the, the cards teach you how to play the game and the, the game changes over the amount of time that it's played. Um, and Fabled Fruit was the first one that started it. Basically, the idea of the game is that you need to collect five different fruits and the cards, it's a bit like worker placement. There's five cards out. You place your worker on one of the cards and do what it says. Either do the instruction that it says or buy the card, which is a, a victory condition to win the game. And as you buy a victory point, then more cards i.e. rules come out onto the table mm-hmm. and the game changes and the right. um, right. it is when uh, oh, Mike you've started to go about robotic the, there yeah oh. <laughs> the cats have oh. stolen your microphone and your internet yeah. the cats have stolen the microphone and the internet they're, uh, they're looking at cat <laughs> porn again Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was just saying that Fable Fruit is one. I think, like Kieran said, it is for younger kids and that, so we should get a look yeah, at it as well. Definitely. Cool. Yeah, sounds good. Have we got any news? Uh, we have a couple of stories on our document. There... I've had a couple of. Yeah. We have uh, so. Harry Potter Wizards Unite got kind of properly announced and has a beta coming soon, which is the new game from the developers of 
Pokemon Niantic. Go. Yeah, Niantic. So Pokemon Go and that one they did for Google. That I forget. Ingress. Ingress. Yeah. And it looks like one of those, but with a Harry Potter theme this time. Um, That's exactly what it is, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be interesting. I've I've enjoyed Pokemon Go, and I like the Harry Potter universe, but I'll at least take a look at it. I'm sure. Um, but on the face yeah, of it, it you, doesn't seem super exciting. You can sign up. You can like pre-purchase it on Google at the moment. That like you can All sign right. up for when it releases. Um, nothing on Apple yet. Though. That's pretty cool. Um, hopefully it'll be. Showing up on Apple stuff soon. Um, at the moment, Two Point Hospital's on sale, I believe. Yeah, there's a there's a like a Sega sale on the on Steam at the moment. Uh, but to tie in with that, Two Point Hospital's added a whole bunch of like extra Sega IP to the game as well. All right. So there's. Let me just grab the email here. Oh, this will not be on um, sale by the time this podcast goes off, I don't think. Oh, no, no, it's on, well, it's on until the 21st. Uh, oh. Oh, yeah, well, it's, it's, like, just it's like a weekend sale that lasts for a yeah, week. Yeah, that's why I was confused, because I saw it said publisher weekend, but yeah, it lasts for yeah. a week. Okay, yeah, so yeah. it'll be up. Yeah, so they've added, um, where is it? So there is some Endless Universe stuff, so there's like a, a new arcade cabinet and stuff in the game. Nice. There's stuff from Total War Three Kingdoms. There's like a a nice dragon statue and a, a and shamoy. There's, there's football manager stuff in the game. So there's like a big football cushion and a football pitch rug, and one of those tactics boards. I guess you can put in the the operation theater. And then there is the Half Life Two head crabbedness has become a new disease. <laughs> And it's got the weird, weird things on your face from from Half Life Two. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's got the open surgery free weekend. So yeah, the, it's not, yeah. By the time this podcast is up, the game won't be free to play anymore, but it will be still on sale. Still on sale. Well, it does mean at least that I can play it this weekend. This and weekend. you absolutely should. I will. I've been wanting to play this one for a while, so I'll probably try it and possibly pick up. I like it. Um, you've also put here's a Northgard free update. I didn't see this, so I, I put that there for you, pretty much. Yeah, I want it. It's also on the uh, <coughs> humble monthly bundle this month as well. Uh, um, yeah, I need to play more of that game as well because I picked it up after you raved about it and played it a wee bit and enjoyed it, but then something else came along. So yeah, it happens. It's fantastic i love that game uh i need to get back to it as well though because i played it for review played it a fair amount after review and then if i've been playing an rts recently it has been they are billions just because it's really easy to jump in and go here i'm starting a new game i'm going to die at some point done out <laughs> it's better for that kind of stuff um but yeah uh First major update, Ragnarok. I believe this is the one. Is this the one? Uh, oh no, this is from October. Whoops. I need newer news. <laughs> I need newer news. Uh, major update, Relics is the one I'm looking for here. 
so ads creation and usage of tools has been completely changed so they changed basically a bunch of the buildings and how they work that's pretty cool yeah this seems like a lot of uh primarily kind of changes to gameplay rather than kind of like additions if that makes sense although there are some additions to it as well yeah um yeah that i might need to jump back into this i i love northgard if people are listening to this and don't know what northgard is you can go find my review on youtube cool yes it is one of the most viewed videos on our channel for some reason Hooray! that I don't quite understand. <laughs> Apparently not a lot of people reviewed Northgard, I guess. Niche market. Yeah. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, Things from the Flood is available to pre-order, which is the sequel to Tales from the Loop. Yeah, which is from the the guys who... Free Liga. They did the... The one I gave you as well, Mutant. Oh yeah, Mutant. You're, and you're Coriolis in. and Tales from the Loop was their cool kind of eighties sci-fi yeah. future traveling, very Stranger Things. Yeah, right. Themed, as, themed one. Are these not the guys that are working on the Crusader Kings board yes. game as well? Yes, it is. Uh, which, which could be coming soon as well. Watch the space for that. There was also rumours, I say rumours, it was straight up, just kind of leaked on a store page at one point, um, that that uh, Mutant Year Zero game that came out towards the end of last year, the kind of XCOM-y one, apparently will be coming to Switch some point this year. Oh, okay. Which could be good. Uh, although I just bought this month's, another, it's another thing I saw in this month's Humble Bundle, um, monthly bundle. I bought the monthly bundle for the first time in a year and a half or something like that uh, because I wanted Mutant Year Zero so if you want that game that's a decent price for it or it's on Game Pass cool. uh, and then we have a four year anniversary of City Skylines yeah can you believe it's been four years already I know since that game came can you believe it's been four years since EA killed SimCity because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> that was the thing was that that SimCity game came out yeah. and then City Skylines came out not long after and everyone was like oh these guys did what you should have yes. yeah with this your is, infinite the money these I'm guys made sure, it better I'm pretty sure that's exactly what I said in my review it's like this is the SimCity you were hoping for yeah like literally there was like ex SimCity developers or like uh, artists one of them was he had a Patreon where he was uh, making models for the 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 mod store. Whatever, I forget what they call it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He was, adding, he was adding mods for the workshop for Skylines. Yeah, and he had a Patreon to yeah. kind of help fund it, which was bizarre. Just to be like, hey, this guy worked on SimCity, and now he's making this other, or you know, adding things to this other one because. It's not getting a lot to do on SimCity. <laughs> uh, are they doing anything to celebrate it? Uh, I believe that it's on sale. Okay. And uh, like all the DLC and stuff's on sale. I should see if the Switch is on sale. 
I think it is on. I'm pretty sure I saw it on sale. I already own that game on PC and I've played a bunch of it, but I might be tempted to rebuy that on Switch. It's like the Civ Six thing. I'm I'm getting closer and closer to buying a Switch. Okay, it yeah. will happen. It will happen soon. Let me tell you, you a game called Baba is you. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that that's a good enough reason. Skylines no. is a good enough reason. Uh, Civ's a good enough reason. Mario Kart. Yeah. Mario Maker Two. You can make uh, Mario. I'm so excited for my record. Up, up, uh, yeah. So I've just found the Skylines email. It's up to 75% off Snowfall Disasters and like basically all the DLC. Nice. Cool. You get trams. I think it was a snow yes. one that had the trams, wasn't it? Or was it a night one? Uh, I think it was a night one. I can't remember. I bought one of the DLCs solely because I wanted trams. <laughs> so I got, <laughs> I got that. Um, yes, that's all the news we have. Are there any new releases, cool. Mike? Uh, there is not that many. There is a few, but not that many. So looking at the stuff that's going to be coming out for a week ending the 22nd of March, uh, on the 19th, we have The Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel 2, coming out on the PS4, and that's on the 19th. On the 21st, we've got The Sinking City, which is coming out a uh, digital version only on PC from Big Ben Interactive. Then on the Friday, we've got a couple of things coming out to PS4 and Switch. We've got Our World is Ended. That's weird. Coming out? It's yes. A game that it's, is very clearly trying to look like um, thingy, The World uh, Ends With You. Yeah, The World Ends With You, but it's not. But it's yeah. trying really hard to look. It looks quite good, but it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, also coming out on the 22nd from Activision for the PS4, Xbox One and PC Sekiro Shadows Die Twice I'm not 100% sure what that is it's the new From Software game uh, the new Dark Souls-y oh, Bloodborne-y yeah, yeah. but with Samurai it looks really good uh, I'm probably not going to buy it at launch but I'm looking forward to that one cool uh, we've also got this must be a special edition because I'm sure it's already out the SNK 40th anniversary correction yeah that's the one that has all the it has all the old SNK games like the ones you wouldn't really Uh, initially think of it's not got like all the fighting games that you kind of think of it's got uh, kind of some of the older arcade things like the 8-bit stuff if I remember correctly but yeah it came out uh, towards the end of last year so I don't know if I I don't know, maybe it's getting a physical release with it before or something. Yeah, I'm uh, not too sure what's happening on there. Oh, and then... I think it I think it only came out on Switch before. Uh, I think this is it, it coming to PS4. Uh no, no, that's fair enough. And then the last one listed on the the list here is Unravel Two comes to Switch. Alright. Yeah. Uh cool. So I'm just having a look to see if there's anything else of interest on the switch and my internet is or my switch rather is uh, slowing down moment because i can see all the games are coming out but it's not giving me the date uh we have 
Symmetry, which looks like some kind of cool space game. Yeah. Oh, that was really cool. Actually, I might get that one. This is the dangers of going through the eShop stuff. Um, <laughs> Super Kicker League, or Super Kickers League, which seems yeah. to be a kind of isometric uh, football game. Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon. That's an actual kind of interesting one. That game's quite good. Yes, yeah. That, that was a uh, Wii game originally, I believe. Um, yeah. Uh, Grand Prix Story, which good. I had years ago. What, the Kyroscoff? The Kyroscoff yes. one? Yeah. I've, I've been Kyros- playing that on my phone. <laughs> well, they can play on the Switch. Yeah. Um, well, also, Ben, we were talking about reasons for you to own a Switch. Uh, Motorsport Manager has just come out on the Switch as well. Oh, that's also a very good game. I enjoy that much. But what about Super Phantom Cat? Oh yeah, watching hero. Oh, witching hero, not watching hero. Uh, yeah, there's there's quite a few things coming out on for that weekend as well. Uh, the air for the air conflicts games are getting ported to the Switch as well. They're a bit expensive at the moment, but I imagine mm. they will spend most of their life in the bargain bin um, yeah, yeah I've definitely noticed there's a bunch of games on the eShop that are just constantly in the current offers like they just never yeah. leave they're just always discounted by some amount yeah so... like that that the doodle god game I don't think has ever been not on sale <laughs> yeah I, well, there must be somebody that likes it yeah yeah, maybe they should just lower the price. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, say Skylines is on sale. It's 24 11. 24.11's not too bad. What a random price, 24.11. It'll be like an American price that's translated or something, I'm sure. Uh... Or like a percentage off of the original price. It'll be I like... did that today, actually. I was... I was buying some microtransactions for a, a web game I play, and I could either do it in dollars or pounds. I and I had dollars in my PayPal account, so I was like, "Oh, I'll just buy it in dollars." And then I went, "Well, let's see what it is in pounds." It was actually cheaper to buy it in pounds and pay the tra- and pay the conversion in PayPal from dollars to pounds than it was just to buy it in dollars. Um, that's something that GOG has recently stopped doing they used to do the price matching stuff across regions or if a game costs more in the UK than it did in America then they would give you a refund of the difference back into your wallet um, but they're stopping doing that now but they did add Diablo 1 to the store which is bizarre because you know Blizzard has a store <laughs> Blizzard yeah. has a store that has some of their old games on it. And for some reason, Diablo 1 is now on GOG. But I'm not very complaining. That game's still pretty good. Um, but yeah, I think that's all we have for new releases. Yeah, I think it is. Cool. Is there any any to talk about anything or cover anything? As always, I forgot to talk about a game that I played, but I'm going to add it to the list and talk to it next week instead. I cool. Deltarune <laughs> Chapter 1. So next week, 
Tune in next oh. week to hear what I thought about Deltarune, the game that <laughs> came out for PC oh. on Halloween last year. <laughs> and I finally <laughs> played. I played on Switch, to be fair, and that version only just came out. Yeah. It's cool. Tune in next week. Tune in next week. Excellent. It's a teaser. Tune into our YouTube channel where Ben's Game of the Year video will probably finally be going up in the middle of March. Um, Sounds about right. Yeah, I... Whatever. I've been busy. Um, Yeah. Cool. Excellent. So the only thing left then, mind you, go and check out the website www.glitchfreegaming.com where we've got loads of cool into uh, I was going to say interviews so I don't think we have any of those yet but, <laughs> all those uh, interviews all those interviews yeah oh they've all been deleted sorry uh, we've got some cool reviews and first looks and all sorts of things going on there which Ben looks after uh, it's really cool so go and check that out you can check out the YouTube uh, like Kieran says, we've got some Game of the Year videos and stuff for you to check out. If you want, you can send us an email if you've got any comments, complaints, questions. Uh, you can send us an email podcast at glitchfreegaming.com and check us out on Facebook. Just search for Glitch Free Gaming or you can tweet us at Glitch Free Game. And I think that's all the pimping that we normally do. Yeah. Hi. The final one is they can come join us on Discord now too. Oh, okay. Um, just go to the website and you can see the Discord uh, link on the right-hand side panel. Cool. And come join us on Discord where we can come chat, chat about games or other stuff, I guess. Chat about whatever. Cool. Just stay out so... of our podcast room. <laughs> it's ours. It's got padlock yeah, on it for a reason. Lock that. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, I am going to go and play some stuff and probably buy it, spend money on the sale. Yeah, I've been stuck on a Baba as you puzzle for the majority of this podcast, so I'm going to probably go and sleep on that. Ah, uh, right. Hopefully I'll figure out in the morning. I've uh, reconfigured my ice drill, so I'm going to go finish that. <laughs> Have fun with that then. <laughs> We're all good at multitasking. Cool. Uh, we shall see you all next week. So until then, take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.